Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City who just loves to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. Be warned, you should be 18 and over and probably be listening with your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. I'm often approached and asked how and why I became a sex coach. Doesn't matter if I'm at a networking event, I'm on a dating site, I'm talking to new people all the time, and this question always comes up, and I get it. People are totally enthralled with the idea of someone whose entire career is talking about sex and relationships. And I'm appreciative that people ask me questions like, um, what is a sex coach? How did you get into this? What made you do this? How does one get into this career field? I would much rather have people ask me questions than just make assumptions. However, telling the same story over and over again gets a little old and it kind of just feels like a script that I'm reading over and over again. So what I decided to do is actually share a time that I told the story of how and why I became a sex coach on stage, standing next to my magic wand vibrator. You heard that right. I got up in front of a room full of people in a bar and did a storytelling event with a vibrator. But hey, I mean, I got it for school, so it was part of the journey. (laughs) The show is called Shelf Life. It's hosted by David Wayne Reed, and each quarter when he does an event, he's got a theme. This particular theme was guilty pleasures. And after I met him at one of his previous events and told him I was a sex coach, he said, you know what, I've got a show coming up that I think you'd be a really good fit for. So yeah, I stood on stage and talked about my guilty pleasure of orgasms. The audio is a little quiet, so you may have to turn it up or listen with your headphones. I mean, you should really be listening to my show with your headphones anyway, like I say in my intro. Uh, This is definitely not a safe for work thing. You should definitely not have kids in the car. This is a listen to it all alone with your headphones on kind of show anyway. So um, I'm going to do my best to kind of mess with the, the gains on it so you can hear a little bit better, but... Again, I'm telling the story in a bar. You're going to hear people chatting, bar noises, um, audience participation to a certain degree too. So I hope you enjoy this episode. So when I say magic wand, you may be thinking of witches or Harry Potter. Um, And to most of you, they're probably just something that's from storybook. But I'm here to tell you that Magic wands really do exist. Here it is. It's my Hitachi magic wand. Yes, don't worry, I, I did wash it first. So, um, But the rechargeable is an important point to note because that means that it's cordless, so it can go anywhere that I'd like to take it. Um, we've only been together nine months, but Buzz Lightyear and I um, have enjoyed our time together, and he's definitely taken me to infinity and beyond. Um, he's even got a few scratches on him, some, some battle scars, if you will. Um, oops, sorry. So my, my guilty pleasure isn't using a toy. It is orgasms, though. Um, Buzz just helps me with my missions. So, as, as David said, by day, I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach, and people call me when they need help with their love lives. And I help couples, I help singles, doesn't matter what your orientation or gender is. I'm currently working towards becoming a certified sex coach through Sex Coach U, which 
might sound a little hokey, and, and yes, sex coaching is a newer field, but soon I'll be one of hundreds of certified, um, ASECT certified sexology educators. Um, and when I started my studies, I had an inkling that I was going to need to buckle up, or in some cases, unbuckle. Um, but I didn't know that soon I would like things that I had previously never even imagined trying, and in some cases I had actually judged others for doing. Um, and while I was explaining my new career path, my dad actually said something to me like, oh, this is coming from the girl that once poured my beers out and hid my Playboys. Uh, and I said, well, you know, were you happy that I was going to church so much in high school? Which she said, of course, yes, I was. And I said, then why were you so surprised that I participated in activities that were based in the indoctrination that I was receiving that time, which was toss the porn, pour out the boots. Okay, but my dad got all the Playboys back when I left for college, and I was actually drinking the beers with my non-church friends, not pouring them down the drain. But, so I had this precocious side, even though I eventually became very, very Baptist. When I was little, I was kind of wild. Um, but I um, want to kind of explore the puritanical stuff first. So, like, my grandma, she went to church every... Sunday, my other grandma, she read her Bible every day. My grandfather was a deacon in the Baptist church that we all belonged to, and he almost didn't walk my pregnant mother down the aisle because she was knocked up. Uh, my parents didn't really go to Sunday service all that much until I started going to church when I was older, but they definitely believe in Jesus. I had a friend that was constantly inviting me to church, um, and I finally started going with her in eighth grade because I was in a very lonely place at that time. And at first I was reeled in by the sweet little ladies that kind of reminded me of my grandma. And then I was reeled in more by the other people in the youth group. Eventually I was taught to fear and loathe some things, um, either from the church itself or from my peers. You know, things like gay people, masturbation, people who have sex before marriage, people who drink, people who smoke, people who do drugs. And now really, in my opinion, that's just everybody who knows how to have a good time. So before that, I always had boyfriends in school. I had my first kiss in first grade on the teeter-totters. I was making out with boys by fourth grade. I graduated to heavy petting in seventh grade. Right, Matt? About for that. <laughs> <laughs> then I got a bad haircut in eighth grade, and that totally put a screeching halt on my game. Right, Matt? Right? So as a newly minted outcast, it was really easy to get sucked into church, because I was just looking for a place to belong and to have friends. So then my sophomore year, I started dating the preacher's son, and then I really started going to church a lot, like Mondays, Wednesdays, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And that guy was actually a really good kid. He wasn't what you hear about preacher's kids. He was actually a really good one. And probably the only reason that I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 after I broke up with him. So back to the wild kid thing again. So at four, I found my first Playboy. It was my uncle's. But I loved looking at it over and over again for the next few months until he caught me looking at it. Uh, and seeing different boobs and vulvas was just really, really fascinating to me. And I remember looking at it going like, oh, I want boobs like that. And I was also thinking, where are the naked men? Then a couple years later, when I was like five or six, I found a book that was kind of like Kama Sutra-esque that my parents had. Uh, and that's where I finally got to see naked men. I was definitely a snoop when I was a kid, and I'm so sorry, but mom and dad, you guys are kind of freaky, and it, I think, was kind of a catalyst for where I'm at now. So fast forward a little bit after that to a purity pledge. You guys have heard of purity pledges? Mm-hmm. Took one winter of my senior year. 
and I took it under duress because I showed up that night for youth group not knowing that we were going to take a fucking purity pledge. Okay? I had lost my virginity four weeks before that. Okay? Already broken up with the guy and had some regrets, but I knew if I didn't take that pledge, there was hell to pay in multiple ways. Not only to, to God or whatever, but if I didn't take it, people in the room would question why I wasn't taking it. So I went ahead and sucked it up and did my little pledge to Jesus. But then about hmm, a month and a half later when I was on a cruise ship, I kind of broke that pledge. And about a month later, at, after grad, found out there was a guy that I had a crush on, and he had a crush on me too, and we had a torrid little affair for a few weeks. And at that point, I discovered that sex between two people that are really connected can be fucking magical. And I knew at that point I crossed the line, and I had no regrets at all this time. I, I didn't have any remorse. And that line in the sand had been drawn for church. And I knew that other kids in my youth group knew, and I knew if I showed back up that I would face their judgment. So I kind of just stopped going. And then after a while, I just stopped believing, too. But I have grown into a healthy, happy, agnostic, bisexual, possibly polyamorous woman who's almost 40. And I'm building a business that's all about sex. So I get to talk and think about sex all day long. And it is fucking glorious. And it's what led me to buzz. So how I started the business, back in 2017, I was actually on a work trip, and I was driving through central Washington. I was listening to this podcast called Down for Whatever. Great title for a podcast from a sex coach, right? And I'm just tooting along, and I'm enjoying some sexy stories. Um, but then something really struck me in one of the episodes, and it was just, like, deep in my soul, I could just feel like this coach loved what she did, and I didn't have that anymore. And I came upon this place where... <laughs> The, the earth just kind of opens up, and it's this huge gorge, and you can suddenly see the Columbia River at the bottom of it. But you've got to traverse down several miles of this hillside, then you get to this massive bridge. And at that point, the river's so wide that the way the wind hits it, it's just like ocean waves during a terrible storm. And at that point, I realized that I was falling because of how truly miserable my job was making me. And I had gone from with the same company, having a position that took me to places like Mumbai and the Canary Islands to places like Spokane and Bakersfield. So, yeah, talk about how exciting that was. Uh, so I dried my tears and I turned up the volume on the podcast. And then I ended up on this road. You kind of go over the bridge and to make a left, and all of a sudden, you're only separated from the river by a railroad track. But you're in this canyon, and all of a sudden, the water's perfectly still. And it just looks like glass there. And that podcaster by Isha Battle and her episode about how and why she became a sex coach came on. And I found myself in what I call a Godsmack moment. And that's what I call moments in my life where I know that I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm seeing what I need to see. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm hearing what I need to hear. I had it a couple of times before in my life. Uh, one time was actually on an exit ramp when I was hyperventilating because of some news I'd gotten. And the license plate in front of me just said, accept. So I did. I dealt with the news and I moved on. Uh, I even had one night when I was playing Cards Against Humanity at the night after my grandmother's funeral. Playing with my cousins, having a good time, just laugh our asses off. We're, we're crying at this one answer that I had plunked down. Just, I hadn't won in like eight rounds. I finally won one and we just laughed our asses off. My grandma was a big card player. And the next card that I was dealt said grandma. So these were these moments where I know that <laughs> 
Immense change is coming, but I know I'm exactly where I need to be. So to me, listening to down for whatever, as I'm going down this hillside into a canyon and seeing the change in the water going from choppy and violent to still and peaceful was that metaphor. After this moment of going along the Columbia River, I crafted a very careful plan to leave my very well-paying job, start my own business, and become a certified sex coach. I did the research, I got a business mentor, I did my entrepreneurship classes, I got my LLC, I got into my program with SEU, but then that's really when the real work started with building my empire because the work that was left was really me. So I began my studies and then I went to Los Angeles for a SAR, and that stands for Sexual Attitude Reassessment and Restructuring. It's a mouthful. Uh, so the weekend course is designed for both sexuality educators as well as people who are just needing to explore things about their own attitudes about sexuality. So this was an experience that took everything that I was bringing to the table, that kind of wild child, the, the repressed teenager, the budding entrepreneur, and the vivacious bisexual goddess, and it helped me become this, what, you know, what I am today. It helped me come out. And I, I met a fellow sex coach named Sarah while I was there in Los Angeles, and after a fun night at Bar Sinister, which is a BDSM bar in West Hollywood, just so you know, which included me being taught how to flog by a professional dungeon master, and apparently I've got very good form because I played tennis, so that's the motion there. Just so you know, next time you're flogging, that's the way to do it. And then she handed me my ass after being taught how to properly spank by a former porn star. I just looked back at her, and we bonded. We've been friends ever since. And I felt free enough in my friendship with her to open up to her as well as to others. And she even had me on her podcast, Must Love Fetish, a couple of weeks later. So that SAR, Bar Sinister, and then being on Sarah's podcast really opened my eyes up to the world of BDSM. I started going to one of the clubs here in town. There's actually three clubs here in town, if you all did not know that. Um, and I went with a trusted friend who was already kind of into that world, kind of took me under his wing, and, and helped me learn and meet people. Because the thing is, you really can only hear about primal play or hair pulling or flogging or cock and ball torture so many times, but until you actually see it, sometimes experience it, it's just really not the same. So. Now, I've been going to adult entertainment stores since college, whoop, to the Old Un Theater in Columbia. I've been to sex museums in a few countries, so sex toys and even the creative things humans turn into sex toys aren't really foreign to me. However, high quality, expensive toys, that's what I never really had before. So when I got into my studies, an SEU had a module about sex toys, and I saw that we had to buy, try, and write about our experience with the sex toys like I gained the Cadillac of vibrators. I'm getting a Hitachi Magic Wand because I fucking can, and I can write that bitch off on my taxes. <laughs> Good thing my account is cool. Yes. So what I'm doing isn't just about recommending sex toys that I have tried before, or how to have a better orgasm, or how to negotiate a BDSM scene. It's not all about sex all the time. It's about saving relationships through better communication. It's about helping people find love within themselves. And it's about helping people be authentic in their sexuality. And I have some really big shoes to walk in, because you've probably heard of people like Alfred Kinsey, Dr. Ruth, 
um, Esther Perel or Dan Savage, and those are the pioneers and the thought leaders in my industry. And that really is the level that I want to be on one day. I don't want to just change a couple hundred lives. I want to change like thousands, if not millions, of lives. And I have said to a few friends lately that the imposter syndrome, like that little nagging voice in the back of your head that's going, you're going to fail and everyone's going to fucking figure you out. Like, that's just gone. I don't have that anymore because I know that I'm on my path. Just like that one day I was on, next to the river, or the exit ramp, or while I was playing that card game, I know I'm gonna change the world. And I know no, that no matter where I travel on this road as I build my empire, I will probably always have Buzz Lightyear in my carry-on with me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can find me on pretty much any social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. But visit my website if you're wanting more information about my coaching services. You can even sign up for my email newsletter. I've got one that's not so safe for work called The Dirty Bird. A lot more adult content on that one. You can support this podcast through listener support on Anchor FM. Or you can go to patreon.com and become one of my patrons. Just look for Open the Doors KC. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>